Welcome to Second Baptist Church. It is our privilege to have you join us through this online platform. Today you will be listening to Pastor Derwin Griffin preach from the pulpit of Second Baptist Church. If you are able, we would love to have you join us in one of our services. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you so much. Okay, folks, take your Bibles and turn to John, John chapter 3, the Gospel of John chapter 3, probably the uh, passage that you might have first committed to memory uh, in your journey of life. John chapter 3, to me, uh, it is a passage that will allow us to see not only our resurrected Lord, but be reminded also of His power to save, His willingness to save also. Thank you for being here. If you're visiting with us, let me say it's our joy to have you. Uh, If you have other opportunities along the way as we worship on every Lord's Day, we would encourage you to come and be with us. Some of you are back since the uh, virus. Some of you have your shots. Praise the Lord for the freedom that we're experiencing uh, again. John chapter 3, verse 16 and verse 17 is what we'll read, but the remaining part of that listing through verse 21 is very complementary to verse 16 and 17. The Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world, to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. As I was even reading that two verses again, I was reminded of things that sometimes we preach at Christmas time when it tells us the reasons for Christ's coming. And now as we come here at Easter, we realize the reasons for his going. As you study the life of Christ, you'll realize with me that there was purpose in everything he did, purpose in everything he said. And as you uh, are reminded of that today, let us remember that Jesus did it all for sinners. The scripture said he came to seek and to save that which is lost. He would tell us that those who are well need not a physician. So many of those great statements Jesus would make throughout his life we're reminded of on a day like today as we study these two verses and the verses that are ahead with that. uh, What we want to do is remember, especially verse 16, how that He did it all for me. I was reading an article this week. I can't remember where I read it. I think it could have been in the Christian Index But anyway, the article was speaking about the various myths that surround the Easter story. You know, there's the swoon theory that, well, you know, that explains why he's not there. There was that partial sleep theory that said Jesus was not really dead. He was just in a deep uh, state of sleep. So you've probably read some of these myths uh, from time to time. And as you are, it amazes me that people spend so much time trying to discount the truth of Scripture And in the meantime, they're aimlessly going through life, uh, heading for an eternity without hope and with no joy. The Bible, as we begin to study on this verse again, 
reminds me that there are maybe many ways to describe or even ways to deny the resurrection. Now I like to read the various Gospels, and today I've chosen to read out of John. Matthew does a great job when it comes to the resurrection as well as the crucifixion. So does Luke, who would study it from the perspective of a physician. But now as we're looking at a a period prior to Jesus coming as, I mean, prior to His going, what we study here is the reality of everything. When it says, For God so loved the world. Acts chapter 4 verse 33 says, We read, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection. If you want to go home and read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first part of that chapter is dealing with the various appearances that he had with people after his resurrection. Oh, Paul would write to the Corinthians. He would also, in his letters to the various churches, would remind them of how Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. What I discover there is man did not design the resurrection. You may visit the greatest theme park and you might discover some of the uh, various conclusions of how people can uh, d- how people can design some outlandish things, uh, but man in his best uh, could not describe or could not design the resurrection. Man in his attempts are trying to describe the resurrection. You know, that's what's going on in the pulpits, maybe across America. Even as we speak, that's probably what's went on uh, prior uh, in last evening on the other side of the world. People are trying to describe the resurrection. I, as a preacher, find this almost impossible. I can only give you the facts, and the facts is something that you can read. Many are spending, as I said earlier, attempts to deny it. But last, uh, others of us are sitting here because we love the story, do we not? Think of your hymn book. Your hymn book is uh, continuously laced with stories uh, set to music about the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Let's look at John 3 and 16 for a moment as it uh, appears before us. It says, God so loved. To me, that is the heart of the gospel. If you uh, uh, would just put your uh, right hand on the left side of your chest, you would probably feel some thumps taking place as we preach. That's your heart that is uh, expanding and retracting. And praise God for the heart. But let me tell you, we use the word heart in lots of different ways, do we not? Well, he's the heart of the team, or well, she was the heart of the program. Well, let me just tell you about the heart of the gospel, and that is that God loves you. He loves me. I came to a realization of that uh, when I was young. I have affirmed that many times since, and folks, I always want to remember that God so loved. And because of that, I remind you that that is the heart 
of the gospel. Studying this passage reminds me again of the simplicity of the gospel. Maybe you're here, and for some reason you have never heard the gospel. Yes, there are those who have never heard. And because of that, uh, we should offer or give our giftedness unto God that we would make sure that no one that we come in contact with ever could say, I haven't heard the gospel. The gospel is good news. Have you read any good news lately? Matter of fact, I did right uh, before I preached today. I sat there and taught a group, uh, uh, again, the resurrection story. You know, that's good news, is it not? If someone had recovered uh, from death and if they had been a resurrection somewhere uh, in America, did you know uh, people would cover that because, if for no other reason, to try to explain it away. Friend, it's good news. And the heart of that good news is God so love. Why could God so love uh, so greatly? And I think I have the answer to it because it says in the Scripture, God is love. See, you might know that someone loves you. You might even have responded in love back toward them. And love is the heart of the gospel. God so loved what? He so loved the world. Well, when you look at the world, you think of the created world. Go back to Genesis chapter 1, study those five days, or the first five days there of creation, and you'll notice that at the end of the fifth day, the Lord said, it is good. I think when He looked out among the trees and He looked out among the expanse of water, I think when also He would look out and see the mountains, but also the seas. I can only see Jesus now trying to say it is good. But you know what He said on the the end of the sixth day? He had created male and female. He had created man and He said it's not good man be alone. And He created Eve and He uh, came to the end of the sixth day and He said it's very good. Now I'm sure all of you know why He would do that. Uh, but, but it's because he had created something in his likeness. You remember the scripture said, let us create man in our own image. So the heart of the gospel, God is love. But then uh, the height of the gospel is that he so loved the world. Yes, I know he loved what he created. But friend, let me tell you something. Humanity, life was the very... Uh, chiefest of what he created. And man was created to be in fellowship with God. And when man sinned and broke that fellowship with God, you know the rest of the story. Then God would pronounce a curse on the ground. Uh, Thorns and thistles would grow. God would pronounce a curse there on the woman. There would be pain and childbirth. You say, I don't believe that's the reason. Well, tear out Genesis 3. Oh, God would pronounce a curse also on man. He said he would have to earn uh, his living by the sweat of his brow. And God would pronounce a curse on the old serpent. He said the serpent might bruise the heel of the Redeemer, but the Redeemer would bruise the head of the serpent. Friend, let me tell you something. The heart of the gospel is God is love. The height of the gospel is God so loved the world. Can I tell you He loves every nationality? 
Can I tell you, He loves uh, every creed. He loves every color of people. I am so glad God did not give any of us a monopoly on the grace that He has for mankind. One day, uh, the gospel has shined in your heart. And I'm, uh, I am proud to say that if you believe by faith, uh, what you have become is a child of the King. Now, we may not live like royalty, but I promise you, those who have received Christ have been invited there into the King's family. God so loved the heart of the gospel. God so loved the world, the height of the gospel. God so loved the world that He gave. That's the hope of the gospel. Yes, you can read that there are those who believe He was crucified uh, on a Thursday. There are those who believe He was crucified on a Friday. There are some who believe He could have been crucified on a Wednesday. But friend, let me tell you, He gave, regardless of what day it was, He gave the best He had. And He gave His only Son. You know, Abraham was willing to offer one of his sons, was he not? Yes, he was willing to offer the Son who was going to be the one through which God would speak through those Hebrew peoples. But God withheld uh, him from having to do that. But you know what? God didn't give one of His sons. God gave His only Son. Can you imagine today the grief that someone is going through because their son has died? Or maybe their uh, son uh, uh, had a disfigurement or a disease and they grieve over their son. But God, if you notice, was willing to give His Son. Are you here today and you realize He did it for you? Are you here today and realize the Easter story was not just a worldwide uh, celebration? It could be the very first day of the rest of your life. Yes, I say life. Why? Because uh, uh, this earthly life will end at some point, but that eternal life uh, will continue forever. See, God so loved the world that He gave. What did He give? He gave His Son. Why? That whosoever believeth in Him. Whosoever. That reminds me of the heir of the gospel. We could go ahead and pluralize that, could we not? We could say the heirs of the gospel. Now I'm going to go back and say this. I'm glad it was not limited to that nation through whom God said He was going to bless with Abraham. I'm glad He didn't limit it to those of the eastern religions and the eastern countries. However, I'm glad as well that those who are of all other nationalities, I'm so glad He included them in this promise are you not as well whosoever did you know we are part of the whosoever's yes why because he loved us I'm glad to tell you today he loves you where you are matter of fact he loves you how you are but the scripture said that he died for us while we were yet sinners you say preacher uh, there are some people I know in the circles that I've run with, they are, they, they are not even worthy to come into the Lord's house. Friend, I'll tell you something about being worthy. None of us are. But by the grace of God, He has invited us not just into His house to worship, He has invited us into His family. 
One of the better illustrations I find of that is in the Old Testament. When David, uh, after the death of King Saul, wanted to restore someone of Saul's family and give them their land back, David said, does Saul have anyone yet alive? And one said, yes, he has a little cripple. His name is Mephibosheth. Well, bring him to me. You know what he did? He said to him, you'll always have a place at our table, my table. And he restored him everything. You know what God did when he sent his son to the cross for us? He gave us, he restored to us all that the enemy had taken away. Whosoever does what? Believes. That's the how of the gospel. I said to the people in the early service today, everyone believes. You believe in something, do you not? Matter of fact, you're really trusting those pews. But if I told you who tore those down when we had them recovered and put them back together, you might sit a little lighter today. You would trust your car. Uh, you do. You will probably never hesitated to pick up your keys and walk out this morning and stick it in your ignition and uh, trust that that car, that automobile is going to get you to Second Baptist Church. Matter of fact, you trust in some cook in a few minutes. You're trusting that that food will be safe. You're trusting that if you pay good money for it, it'll be good. Don't tell me you don't trust. Why can't we just trust the simple truths of what Jesus has done for us? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, that's the how of the gospel. Teaching this morning, you remember? Thomas, he was not going to believe if he couldn't see Jesus or put his hand in his side or his finger in his nail prints. That's what he told his peers and his contemporaries. I won't believe if I can't see. Seven days later, Jesus shows up again. And you know what? Thomas did not need to touch. Thomas believed. And the scriptures from Jesus' mouth, he said, It is more blessed for those who have not seen yet believe. Friend, you must believe. How? By faith. And if we do those things, we shall not perish. That's the hedge of the gospel. You may not have a fence around your home. You may not have a lock upon your door. Or you may be like us. For, for once in a great while, we forget to check the door before we go to sleep. Is that part of getting old, somebody said? Well, it's happened to some of you anyway. You know what? We have a hedge. And that is that we will not perish. You know why? Because the Lord said there will be everlasting life for all who believe. That's the happiness of the gospel. Did you know those four, five, or six things there talking about Jesus giving His life and the Father giving His Son? You know, there could be, there could be some uh, anguish there, even from our behalf, that He would do that for us. But boy, isn't it great when that anguish turns into uh, laughter and happiness when we realize He did it all for me. Oh, friend, today, can I remind you that God is good? Jesus, in His resurrected life, made nobody's 
into somebody's. Jesus, in His resurrected life, turned sinners into saints. Jesus, in His resurrected life, turned paupers into princes. And Jesus, in His resurrected life, turned those who would think they're victims into victors. Oh, we've been studying, been looking at some of those people in our Sunday morning services that had seen Jesus. And friend, can I remind you what happened to Zacchaeus? Jesus went home with him that day. Can I remind you what happened in the Old Testament when, G, or when the king said, Hey, I see four walking in a fire, and the fourth is likened to the Son of God. Do you remember who they saw or who he saw? It was Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? I see him every time I open my eyes of faith in the book of life. Matter of fact, I see Jesus in people that we've ministered to now for so long. Hey, God is good, is He not? And He is allowing us to continue to see Jesus. I even, uh, as I speak, I've been reading a few things this morning that folks are going through. And, you know, I'm just reminding to tell you that people are seeing Jesus even through their circumstances. So as we look to Jesus, let's remember His purpose was to seek and to save that which is lost. I close with this verse in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Uh, Romans chapter 1 verse 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul summed it up well, did he? Yes, we find that Luke would uh, pin it there in the days uh, uh, that Jesus was living. Matthew would. John would speak to it. Even Mark put his sense worth in. But I like the fact that Paul would give it to the Corinthians, and the Corinthians would pass it on. And as we're looking at those churches of the first century in the book of Acts, what we find is everywhere they would go in that circular they would be stopping and telling people about Jesus. Do you know someone you could tell? You know, I said to a friend the other day, something I heard many years ago, probably 20 years ago or more, a fellow stood and he said, Hey, people are more willing to believe than we are to tell. Friend, there's somebody that has not heard the simple gospel. And you know what? Let it not be our fault that they do not hear, but let it be from our lips maybe that we share what we know about Jesus. You know what faith has come to life in many people's lives recently? I told you about getting a text this morning from, or I didn't tell you, I told the First Church of getting a text this morning from Brother Bill Mullis, and he wanted me to know that his wife had went on to be with the Lord this morning. You know what? Faith was turned into life, wasn't it? There's others uh, that we know of that their faith has turned into life. And yes, I'm not diminishing the fact, hey, it's going to take a lot of faith to get us through what might be ahead. But I promise you this, as we said it earlier, the happiness of the gospel is that we'll never perish, but have everlasting life. Would you bow your head with me today? Hey, I know, I know because of your testimony, 
a large part of you that are gathered this morning are people of faith. You're children of the King. You're heirs and joint heirs with Christ. To you, Easter might be just another day. Friend, let me tell you what Easter could be. It could be the very first day of the remaining part of your life and eternity because of your faith exercised in Jesus. As you pray this morning, would you confess your sin to Him privately, but also be willing to confess your faith in Him publicly as well. Father, thank You. Lord, I I am just reminded today that Your truth is simple. And Lord, I can't tell anybody anything that they may not know already. But Lord, I really can't tell them anything that I don't know. Lord, the reality of today is this, that God so loved the world. If they would only believe that they would not perish but have everlasting life. From the boys and girls to the moms and dads, God, I I place these people before you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother Mike's going to lead us in a song uh, this morning of invitation, song of commitment. Let me encourage you, if you have not already, would you commit your life to Christ and make the gospel real?